Shenmue, colon, the movie, released October 28th, 2002. The first chapter of the ongoing saga of Ryo Hazuki. I'm Dilavento. And I'm Alex Damrath. I forgot that's how we do things on the show again. Uh, I'm not normally a part of this. Hi. Hi. (laughs) This is Attract Mode. One day you'll get it. One day. I will One remember day. how this is done. Uh, hi, Dylan. Hi, Alex. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Choosing to suffer through a movie that Nick refused to watch. I Let me tell you something. Nick missed out. Yeah? I'm, I'm so glad <laughs> that... I don't know, just going down the list of movies and like cherry picking ones that I'd be willing to do. And this one was solely based on the fact that I am a Shenmue stranger. Um, the entire concept, the entire basis of Shenmue to me uh, is such a mystery. And I have like basically no idea what this game is about. Uh, but I know it has a cult following. I know it is regaled by many as like the origin of video games trying to be movies. Um, and. I, I don't know how much of that is true, but uh, let me tell you, uh, this experience is one I will not forget. <laughs> I mean, you could probably lump this into a couple of movies that attempt to do that. Like, I feel like for a lot of people, Metal Gear Solid is the first video game that tried to be cinematic. And I think uh, MGS1 predates this by at least a t- year, maybe a couple of years, I guess. Um, yeah. Just if if you solely look at the graphical fidelity of Shenmue versus MGS1. Right. The Dreamcast was like just before GameCube, Xbox, PS2 era. Um, yeah. So like it was it was kind of the progenitor of that generation um, and thus left in the dust by the time those others came out and they were just like better than the Dreamcast in a lot of ways. Um, but the Dreamcast is well, well remembered by a a group of fans and Shenmue is often considered like a de facto Dreamcast title um and and to me that says something just going off of a lot of the cool shit that the Dreamcast had uh and and again it just was a completely foreign um I have no idea what goes on in Shenmue um yeah I have also I'm also a relative Shenmue stranger uh Basically, I know there's Rio. He is trying to avenge his father. Uh, instead, he spends a lot of time uh, putting money into capsule toy machines yes. and loading <laughs> boxes with a forklift on a dock. And asking strange questions to groups of, of people he has never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Are you sailors? <laughs> hey, are you guys sailors? <laughs> And I feel like also, and I might be completely, I might have misheard this and misremembered this, um, but I feel like there's also some sort of like genealogical connection to like 
the Yakuza series. Or maybe people just compare Shenmue to Yakuza because they kind of have the same kind of cadence where you're just a dude walking around a city in Japan and fighting street gangs. Yeah, it it, it wears the same clothes, or, or rather, I guess, shares the same bones, but that's kind of a creepier analogy. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm thinking Yakuza, um, there is a series I'm blanking on the name of that is mostly Japan only. Um, America's seen one of them on the PSP, but it's like... Europe, it's it's like Rockstar's Bully, but set in Japan and was mm. a thing before Rockstar's Bully came out. But it's wandering the streets of Japan, beating people up, taking their lunch money, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I I think the fighting system is, and I'm only saying this because it looks exactly the same, and I understand Sega has a big hand in this. Uh, it looks directly ripped from like Virtual Fighter. Yeah, I was about to say, it looks yeah. exactly like Virtual Fighter with maybe a more uh, controllable camera. Right, and and sort of built to handle more than one opponent at a time. Yeah, but like that kind of default basic kick Ryu deploys looks just like the <laughs> main character from Virtual Fighter. It looks like his kick. Right, and and I played a game as a kid that was not good uh, called Virtual Quest, um, which was sci-fi virtual fighter um adventure game where you had to fight multiple bad guys at once and it looked a lot like this as well which i suppose sort of breaks the seal on uh, the most important thing about this movie being that it is just a it's gameplay it's it's cutscenes. it's it's all yes. ripped straight from the game itself yes uh, it was packaged included with shenmue 2 to catch people up on the story of the first Shenmue in case because I believe Shenmue 2 came was was a PS2 release because obviously Sega had gotten out of the console game by the time they made a second Shenmue yeah. um so so they they compiled a a 90 minute movie uh compromised of uh cutscenes and gameplay edited down in a cinematic like fashion for people to enjoy and catch up on on the grand tale because as we all know alex that shenmue is is what 26 chapters long the, the saga a... <laughs> yu suzuki's saga has not yet been fully completed Try 49 dylan okay wow. it's huge now i think it's like aiming at 16 or something um or, or 12 i can't remember it was some absurdness uh, that came out with the most recent Kickstarter about like how many chapters Shenmue's creator wants it to be, uh, but because he wants so many of them to be video games, and he's only made concessions about like you know uh, between Shenmue two and three, there's like a manga series filling in some blanks, and now we're getting an anime. It's bizarre. It, it's it's and it's crazy just watching this movie. Uh, how much filler um, makes up this entire thing, like. Yeah, y y you're pretty sure he could pare it down, <laughs> but he won't. He refuses, and I I respect it. <laughs> it, it, it. It destroys the vision if he were to do so. Yes, exactly. The, the story is not complete without seven hours of Rio uh, driving a forklift. Okay, yeah. it's. <laughs> I am uh, looking at this quote from this Polygon article during the Shenmue Three Kickstarter. There are a total of eleven chapters that make up the whole story. Over the past 14 years, I originally planned for it to be four or five games to the series. If at all possible, I would still like to realize the full story of 11 chapters. So I know Shenmue 1 
is like the first like three to five chapters or something like that. Oh, is that how he's... Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like each game is a single chapter. It's that each game is a collection of chapters. Okay. Uh, Not exactly clear how those chapters break down. (laughs) He's just like, chapters. He'll forgive me for finding this confusing. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's such a weird artifact of video games. But um, Shenmue the movie, a collection of of cutscenes and gameplay from the first... Shenmue game. M- much like Shenmue might have been considered the progenitor of video games trying to be movies, um, this is the progenitor of, of video game colon the movie videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is just all the cutscenes stitched together with like some sparse gameplay in between. Right, but the but the, the, the studio that the developers put together, like you you would be forgiven to think this is like a a so like a game game players playground or whatever that little gamers playground whatever sure, that yeah. youtube channel is <laughs> called that does do things like this it's like dead space 3 hd movie all cinematics right um but th- that leads us into the reason why nick isn't here because nick argues that this is not a movie and that's fair <laughs> I mean, it's fair, I, and we, we've had uh, uh, other folks also argue that this is not a movie um, and should not stand the rigor of the attract mode test of what we should and should not watch. That's to- I think it's totally plausible. I'm glad we did it anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, I think it works. Like, I think, I mean, like, if, if the creator says it's a movie and it's something and it was, like, fucking packaged on a DVD and what I'm watching very legally via this youtube video <laughs> it, it, it's a really weird like argument about taxonomy and like what what quantifies a movie what doesn't quantify a movie does like machinima not quantify as a movie which this isn't really machinima because i mean it's not like they're manipulating the models to do certain things but it's it's in that realm sure uh, and I don't know. It's it's an interesting argument to be sure. It was just funny to see people come down so strongly against the idea that this could be a movie. And it's like, it has a movie in the title. The developers put it on a fucking DVD. That's good enough for me. Right. And and so uh what we ended up getting is sort of like a a video game cutscene equivalent of the room. Uh but foreign. And in my humble opinion, way funnier. I just <laughs> right from the get go, the extremely good faces, the extremely good dialogue, both written and performed. It just it sets a tone. This yeah. is this is like primo taking itself too seriously. Uh, so bad it's good. Uh, example. I, I just need Rio to be like, you're tearing me apart, Nozomi, <laughs> to really um, drive his, drive that home. His version of that for me, um, I, I have like two very key memories of like my favorite Rio lines, uh, and that is when he finds his father's sacred family heirloom sword and uh-huh. goes, okay. <laughs> Which is which is a is a like a canned <laughs> piece of recording that they use multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> as just like a default voice bark for him. He'll yeah. just be like, someone will say something very serious, like, "Rio, your father left you this letter." Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> my my favorite is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is 
is, is perfect. Um, I really like. Uh, he's like so flat. Ryu has no personality throughout most of this. He is stoic. Uh-uh. He is cold. Hundred percent walled off to the world. Even his Canadian girlfriend, who we might go into, um, and like the one. There's like two instances in this whole thing where he suddenly has emotion. And one of them is when, like, a guy threatens his heterosexuality. (laughs) He, like, like, comes in and beats up a bunch of guys because they beat up his best friend, Afro Forklift Driver. Uh Um, And, like, they're they're on the ground, one of them, and he's like, why would you hurt my friend, Afro Forklift Driver? And one of the guys is like what is he your girlfriend and he's like what did you say (laughs) (laughs) what yeah (laughs) it's good it's good (laughs) also for this episode we're going to kind of tackle things a little differently um i feel like recent attract mode episodes as much as i've enjoyed uh discussing the movies i feel like we have gotten we've gotten egregiously long in our recording sessions um which can be kind of kind of uh uh, a pain to edit and uh, we might be getting too much into some nitty-gritty stuff so for this episode maybe for a couple episodes uh, going forward just to test things out we're going to try doing like a light synopsis at first and then we will kind of go back and kind of highlight scenes that we really liked kind of what we're doing right now but some of the gold yeah, so let's 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 lay down the foundation of this movie. First off, maybe eighties action flick is not the right uh, framework to, it's to a, use. It's it's a martial arts soap opera. Yeah, is how I put it, it. Yeah, but it's set in the eighties, which is interesting. Like it's a period piece, <laughs> sure. Because uh, the first thing you see is just a title card that says nineteen eighty six Hokusuka, which is like a city that's like a little to the south of tokyo uh like a seaside city um and yeah we get some early introductions into like rio who is our protagonist he's apparently 18 even though he looks like he's like 30 um i don't think you suzuki knows what an 18 year old looks like yeah um um, (laughs) he he comes across his girlfriend uh picking a fight with some bullies because they were trying to pick a fight with a child yeah um the bullies being like about rio's age so it's just great you know adults getting ready to kick the crap out of some like five-year-old uh it's awesome uh saves them goes to his dojo family dojo uh and to find his dad currently under attack um, arrives just in time to see his father get punched so hard that he dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> just right there on the floor of the dojo. <laughs> By the game's antagonist, Lan Di. Uh, Lan who Di. is this uh, Chinese warrior, like martial artist, who wears like a, a green silk robe with like a dragon etched into it. And he has a long black ponytail that goes down to like the small of his back which i noticed because there's like a couple shots in the in the in the movie quote unquote that are shot of him like walking away and he has his like hands behind his back and like very like stiff backed very regal um Mm -hmm. and his robe and hair all have physics (laughs) yep like early hair physics on 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 the ponytail and it's like bouncing around in really unnatural ways like getting caught in the geometry of his crossed arms (laughs) behind his back 
So yeah, uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, and what follows is, I mean, again, like we have to just like cherry pick bits from this because it's an incredibly boring sequence of events that are yeah. just Ryu trying to get to Londi. Uh, yes. As I understand, this is still the ultimate goal of the games. Um, he's going around asking questions. He's trying to find leads. He's playing a uh, karate boy detective. Uh, he's he's 80- shooting some pool. Yeah. <laughs> in 80s Japan. Um, there's at one point where he stops ax- asking questions and starts trying to earn money for a plane ticket. Um, and that's like the second half of the whole game is yes. just... Yeah, um, doing odd jobs for for plane ticket money, so you can go to Hong Kong and kick this guy's ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's, it's good such, to have goals in life, right? Right. It's <laughs> such a weird like cadence because yeah. it's it really, and I know it's a game, so it makes it even makes it even starker. But it's like you know, you brought up the 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 anime that they're making, like, and uh, as of the day of this recording, like the first episode came out today, and I haven't watched it, but I did watch the trailer for it. And it it's I'm because apparently the anime is like, oh, Yu Suzuki had like even more he wanted to include in the game, but he had to like cut some stuff out. It's like, Jesus Christ, like how much more like <laughs> it's like 20 hours, I assume, like in real time gameplay, like of him just fucking walking the streets of the city, fucking just talking to like shopkeepers. It's a bit. I thought this movie was going to like cut out most of the game's padding and it doesn't. There's so much padding still. Well, I think well and then and then there's like an HD like remaster version of this movie that oh like some god. that's like a fan edit and that's like 5 hours long. Oh my god. And it includes like so much more bullshit and I'm like because when I was searching <laughs> for this movie uh that's the first one that comes up and I was like there's no way in hell I'm going to sit down and watch 5 hours or whatever the fuck this is. But fortunately, it's not the official the official version. That's the that's the the fan edit. Right. Uh, Topher Grace's own Shenmue the movie. I would not put it past him. He looks <laughs> like a Shenmue fan. <laughs> I love Shenmue. You know, when I was on the set of Spider Man Three as Eddie Brock, when we were we were taking breaks between takes, I was I went back to my trailer and I was busting out the the old Dreamcast. Got my custom VMU. Saw my mm-hmm. little. Uh, Lon D sprite on my VMU. I was like, haha, look at this guy. This guy's cool. Yeah. Love Shenmue. <laughs> Love Shenmue. Don't watch Spider Man 3. But yeah, so it's a revenge story, essentially. Right. Sees his father get killed. The, the murderer's still at large. He stays at his father's dojo. There's like two kind of assistants that still live there. And he is trying to scour the city, look for clues, and kind of learns more about the criminal the seedy underbelly of yokosuka he's 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 learning about the 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 criminal underground and that kind of culminates almost in him talking to this elderly chinese man who just kind of knows everything about criminal syndicates in this city you talking about master chin or the other guy no the other guy Okay, the the one he meets first. Yeah, yeah, the only guy comes like up in one other time. Right. Yeah. He's like, well, he meets his son first because he like goes to some shop for some reason, talking about. It's like, oh, because he's like his only lead is that he knows that Londi is Chinese. So he's like, right. hey, you're Chinese. You're Chinese. You must know this other yeah, Chinese yeah. man. 
It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I, one of my notes is literally, I, every character in this is somehow both in no way based on a real human being and also extremely racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> either, either a caricature or just like is stereotypes other people. Right. Um, but, but the guy's like, oh, well, I'm a second generation Chinese immigrant. I, I don't really know anything, but you should talk to my dad. And then he just goes to the park and talks to the guy's dad. And the guy's dad, like, yeah, let me lay down how the entire he says the Chinese mafia, which I don't know if that's an actual term that anyone uses. <laughs> I was like, anywhere. I, I don't think that's a thing. But all I, right, <laughs> I don't know what the what the equivalent of organized crime is in China, but I'm pretty sure it's never colloquially referred to as the Chinese mafia. Uh, right. like, yeah, there's the Chinese mafia, then there's this gang and that gang. Um, and it's important to stress that that is all this game is. You're just like a lead after lead after lead after lead that leads you to some area, other area of the game, to some other area of the game. I, I figure with like things you can do in between, maybe, but it's all just point A to point B to point C to point D to ask questions and get led to the next point which i mean depending on how that unfolds within the actual gameplay might be interesting right when you're just having it handed out to you in the in the sequence of a movie much less interesting yes because <laughs> because because the cuts have to be very short too because it's like him talking to a person and it cuts to like him in a different place talking to yeah. a different person asking yeah. them about the new info that he just got from the last question he asked and it's right because if you include 45 minutes of him just of the player just wandering around the city trying to figure out where to go or whatever or like interacting with the map or the ui like i don't even know like how the moment to moment gameplay works buying in, in that capsule sense toys. <laughs> yeah buying capsule toys drinking beer um yeah that wouldn't be fun to watch either but there's like it's it's there's both too much and not enough in this movie mm-hmm. but yeah so he's eventually led to a warehouse right oh well he gets a letter right so the the like elderly woman that's like kind of the the keeper of the dojo of his father's dojo hands him a letter and is like your father or like your father's friend had this letter and wanted to give it to you right but we can't read it because it's in Chinese. Um, which is odd. I mean, not super odd, but um, kanji's the one thing that Japanese and Chinese share. Okay. That was, that uh, was, I was confused by that because they say it's, it's written in kanji. And I always assumed kanji was a Japanese only written language. I did not know it was also shared by Chinese. Right. I think there are differences between them, which is why I say it might not be that weird, but it is like, uh just a little like hmm like you think they'd be able to recognize some things or i don't know point is he has to go find someone who can read it the first person he finds is like oh i usually can but these are weird and then you need to go take it to my teacher she will know what the hell is going on with these kanji and he takes it to the teacher and the teacher's like oh they're backwards which to me a native english speaker and reader Feels like something the first guy should have been able to recognize. <laughs> yeah, but they're just mirrored, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like she like literally holds it up to a mirror and can read it just fine after that. And it's I don't know. I don't know enough about kanji. I didn't take enough Japanese classes to to recognize if that's like a valid reason to not recognize what a character means. But 
sure kanji is complicated so i'll i'll leave that one up in the air sure but Uh, it does but i mean obviously the rest of this movie like can withstand all the other logical scrutiny we give it like this is the only (laughs) real plot (laughs) hole in that regard to that point to that point i just want to bring up it's it's a martial arts game slash movie slash whatever they do martial arts the martial arts might be magical well I wasn't sure if we're going to get to this now or later, but you mentioned the old guy and like I, my only note about him was like this bit where he's like, Hey kid, check out this thing I can do. And he like explodes the air around him. Yeah. Like, which I get is like a, a martial arts movie trope, a blow so powerful that like it creates a shockwave or something, but it's still yeah. like weird in this game that is otherwise very perfectly grounded in reality outside of like, a these supposedly mythical mirrors that the villain yes. is after the MacGuffin, uh, the MacGuffins. Uh, so yeah, um, bits and pieces here and there that don't read quite as well as what else happens in this movie. And maybe we're just. And not- I'm okay with with mythical martial arts. I assumed we weren't getting the full picture from the movie. Then the game might have more like. I don't know. Maybe in the game, Ryu has a kick that sets things on fire. Uh, it's it's possible. You go into just full Street Fighter territory. Exactly. Uh, it you know, sometimes you just have a kick that sets things on fire. That's how yeah. good at karate you are. <laughs> uh, I'm the best at karate. <laughs> he does. There is a line in this movie where. <laughs> so so we get these kind of interstitials with his love interest, uh, Nas- girlfriend Nazomi. Nazomi, who is Canadian, I guess. What, like does, a, what does that mean? Because because she appears to be Asian, right? Canada, but I guess they're like Canadian immigrants, and they want right. to send her to Japan for school. Uh, that's what I assumed. Also, since they're like in the same class, they're both eighteen. She's maybe graduating, and that's why she's moving back. Um, Got it. That's one of the plot points. In, but she in is. I mean, nationally, she is Canadian, but ethnicity she is japanese right like i'm not right. misreading that okay yes uh i think we had this uh, both keyed in on this uh but go ahead <laughs> yes uh so they they put in these interstitials with the girlfriend and the movie's like hey don't forget her uh mm-hmm. she's here too and she's always wearing like this uh like white loose-knit turtleneck sweater with plaid schoolgirl skirt even when it's fucking snowing outside for some reason and like half yes. their scenes together when it's fucking <laughs> snowing and they have a scene and she's like, Rio, we haven't spoken in a while. It's like, are we, are we still together or whatever? Where it's like, they've never made this relationship like and, seem and to Rio be like, goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, you've been skipping a lot of school, which then keys into the fact that, like, this fucking dude is, like, so bent on revenge that he has, like, kind of eschewed any responsibility in going to school. And he's like, you have to think about your entrance exams. What about what college are you going to go to? And Rio just goes, I don't care what college I go to, as long as I got karate. <laughs> I what I wrote down I think was like exactly what his line was where she's like you know do you know where you're going in life and and he just says like something like wherever I go there'll be karate <laughs> it's the best way to answer that question <laughs> because he's not wrong 
He'll bring the karate with him. Yes, the karate <laughs> lives in his heart. It's like... Rio, do you love me? That depends. Do you know karate? Are you karate? <laughs> Are you the concept of the martial art karate? Ryu's relationship with this woman is so one-sided. And it's like, like, like he gets her, right? Or at least he says he does. And he seems to have very valid one-on-one heart-to-heart conversations but like all of her dialogue is like i love you i feel for you you're my heart and my soul and my dream and he's just like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay and she's like i i've been wanting to share my feelings with you and he's like yeah i get you (laughs) so going back to this uh reverse kanji letter um Mm -hmm. the lady that translates for him uh also discusses kind of mystical stuff they mention did they mention the phoenix mirror in the in the letter it it comes later he brings it to her afterwards i think it's mr chin who tells him about the phoenix later mr chin a a bald martial arts master of some renown that that lives in a in a warehouse for some reason we'll only meet him at a warehouse um because the game only had the budget for two distinct open open areas yeah Um, town and warehouse yeah (laughs) like so the letter also for some reason has a phone number written in like an ancient chinese number system for some reason um And so he's like, all right, I'm going to call this number. So then they just immediately jump to him in front of like some shop stall, just using that business's rotary phone. Like there's no like association with why he's there or like if he knows the people Um, and picks up the phone. It's a rotary dial. I assume you as the player are interacting with the rotary dial because the rio's hand hovers over one of the numbers for so goddamn long <laughs> as to imply he's he's dialing it but there's just like nothing happening on the screen right that or you use the dreamcast keyboard plugin to oh, type shit. in the number manually which is i assume some kind of bullshit this game would pull <laughs> i also for a second when it had a phone number in the game i was like this is the kind of game that would have you call that number in real life, isn't it? Sure, sure, to, sure. To like, get the it, next clue. It's just pre-recording. <laughs> it's like fucking Kojima putting the that clue on the MGS1 box right. on the back. Or or the, the settings menu. Yeah. Uh, ah, now I'm mad. <laughs> um, he calls this number. Someone picks up and they're like, hello? <laughs> and I think he just immediately just starts rattling off about like his his slain father and like the bad people was like, do you know anything about the Chinese mafia? Yeah. Are you a sailor? <laughs> right. <laughs> do you know about Lon D? And then it's just like, meet us at this warehouse and they give him like a warehouse number in the, in the, in the docks. And so he goes there. Uh, there's like a stealth sequence. Yeah. Like the only gameplay in this movie that isn't a combat sequence is like five seconds of the stealth sequence. Right, um, which isn't very stealthy of Rio because he's fucking walking around with a flashlight. So he just has to wait for the fucking guy to turn around so he can shine the flashlight on his back and the guy doesn't notice for some reason and he then runs down an alley. And then he gets yep. to the front of the warehouse. He's like, Warehouse 8, this is the one because it's a video game and in video games, people expect the fucking protagonist to always be talking to themselves like a crazy person and to like communicate ideas but in the context of a movie it just makes rio 
seem schizophrenic. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's constantly orating what he's doing. And while we're briefly, while we're on the topic of like video game concepts that don't translate well into real world human interactions, AKA what a movie is supposed to depict, um, I am always going to be thinking about this bit where the businessman friend that he that he acquires at some point during this is like i'm gonna teach you a new move now and it's like you don't just like teach someone a new martial arts move like that it's just so weird to me how video gamey that bit seems and just like you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna demonstrate it once for you and now you know it now you can do it too. <laughs> yeah. Like... Now you've committed. You you are uh, <laughs> fucking uh, taskmaster, and you can memorize moves just by seeing them once, and you right. have committed this to memory. Um. But yeah. So he shows up. That that character you're talking about is uh, Guzang, um, who shows up in this scene, um, because he is Master Chen's son. So right. this scene we are introduced to Master Chen and Guzang, and Master Chen. Knew his dad. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. that's the connection he's, here, right? He's like I'm a benefactor of your dad's. I suppose now I'm a benefactor of you as well. Um, it's a shame what happened to your dad. Uh, go to this jewelry shop now, or no antique store. Yes. Um, and then st- this cutscene starts. That is, it's almost like in media res. I don't know how else to describe it. The antique shop owner just like picking up a clock. And being like, oh, this belonged to Lady Butterfly, who has not been mentioned before or ever will again. And, and then goes, like, do you love butterflies, Rio? It's like, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm here and, to pick something up of my father's. Yeah, and there's like a medallion on it. Ryu takes the medallion to the dojo. The medallion does an Indiana Jones thing wherein it unlocks a secret door. Um, this is where he, has he to finds fucking, he has to it's like a two-step process because this is when he has the weird interaction with the sword he's like oh, right. sword okay um okay he has he has to take the sword out of the the long box that it's in in the dojo oh, right because it's like a suba it, it goes over the the blade and like makes the handguard complete sort of right oh i don't know if he has to construct anything but what oh, he okay. has to do is he puts the medallion in one thing in the wall and then he puts the sword in another slot. So it's like a two-part key. Like you need both the, the blade and the medallion for some reason. And it opens up this secret passage that he then Scooby-Doo's his way through to... Sure, Shenmue. <laughs> it's so weird. They show that part in the fucking trailer for the anime. And seeing that like immediately after, it's like, I really hope they sell this bit better because conceptually it's cool, right? It's like a very Resident Evil, like, I'm the master of unlocking kind of thing. But it's so, like I said, this movie has such quick cuts where it's just like, we never see the sword before. So there's no like um, Chekhov's gun with the sword where it's like he sees his father's prize sword and then like it comes into play later as like this hidden key that needs to unlock the secret passage. It's just like, oh, I need the sword now. Okay put yeah. it in the wall <laughs> but he does it very ceremoniously where it's like he has his other hand out and slides the the unsharpened end of the blade over and into the i don't know it's cool there's a lot of cool like animations in this like it's all key animated right because this was not i assume this wasn't the era of uh uh oh motion actually capture. i i think there was motion capture involved oh cool. um, it, we actually have had motion capture since ps1 um it just wasn't as widely used until it sort of got more accurate and we have more models that could take advantage of it. Sure. Um, 
And sure it's not cheap either. Right, exactly. Um, Shenmue, the credits, I did notice have motion capture actors in them uh, listed. So apparently some. Uh, but yeah, it does definitely look like a little more artful, a little more keyed he- here and there. Also, uh, it has credits. Another in the column that this is, in fact, a movie. It has credits. And it also, spoilers, has post-credit scenes. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Marvel. <laughs> you're not original no uh, not at all this is uh at this point we get the phoenix mirror which he has to take to a lady to be like what is this um who then like he that then he takes it to master chin and also asks what is this and it's mm-hmm. like uh yeah the guy who killed your dad one of the dragon one this is the phoenix one the guy who killed your dad probably didn't know that he had both um something happens when you have both i guess it's some prophecy some sort of, like right. again adding to like the mystical elements where it's like it reawakens or resurrects some entity or something yeah i like i was disassociating by this point when they were talking about like character names that were obviously not going to play into this movie like i was checking the runtime and i was like yeah this isn't this is clearly what shenmue 4 is about right uh this is at this point i just have a note where rio um this is where he finds the old man again the old man teaches him how to explode air yeah Uh, how to force push but i have to i have to say this bit where he comes upon the old man and is like it's you what are you doing here and and he's like i'm drinking with your father and he's like my father it's like Rio. Rio has never heard of paying respects before. Um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> gotta gotta stay in school, Rio. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not. He's he's literally not doing that. So of yeah, course he doesn't. He is, he is only doing karate and revenge. Those are his two life goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank God his dad died so he could fulfill that second <laughs> life goal of revenge. Yes. I I was also kind of unfamiliar with like I mean obviously I'm familiar with like paying respects but it was the fact that he was like in a park he was like in a children's playground and just drinking sake by himself and he's just like I'm here with your father and it's like oh okay this man is has uh, dementia because my father's (laughs) dead Um, also at this point this is the real important thing about the scene Uh, uh, this is where we meet Shenmue Smeagol for the first yes. time. <laughs> yes, I called him Gollum in my notes. I was like, who is this fucking Lord of the Rings motherfucker? Uh, there's t- tear, torn purple pants, bandages arm- around arms and legs, crawling around an all fours motherfucker who every time he does a jump or a leap or some fancy move, it looks like a normal jump, but it plays like the Superman sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> and also like does like, you know, when you like, put a tail on your mouse cursor and like it it like has it like yeah, does it, this it's like it's like it's got a million dollar trail <laughs> yeah yeah like six million dollar man like <laughs> like you could just see like ghostly images of himself and i i assume that's to communicate how fast he moves but yes we first see him uh but it's also like done in slow motion so it doesn't look very fast it's it's weird but he does look like Gollum. he's yes. bald he has like only a few teeth and he like kind of like goes talks like this <laughs> <laughs> and he and he crawls around on all fours like like he's just yeah, a walks weird on his motherfucker knuckles. and what is he doing here why is he a part of this <laughs> i like him 
Uh, <laughs> he's oh, yeah. dumb, but I like him. 100% my jam. Uh, uh, I also have a note right after that. I, I don't remember where this is brought up, but someone talks about Phantom Riverstone, and that's what the mirror is <laughs> made out of? Yes. What yes. is Phantom right. Riverstone? So let's, 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 let's construct these scenes more solidly. So, so this old guy teaches you said this is master chen's father which i never put that together the old guy paying respects drinking sake is that what you said or is this some no. other random dude no 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 okay master chen right. knew i i don't know all right <laughs> some other guy yeah um but this old guy paying respects drinking sake teaches rio how to force push he is being spied on by shenmu gollum He's like, ah, we're gonna get you sometime, and then I want that mirror, me precious. <laughs> and then Rio goes back to Master Chen's warehouse house, because uh, that's where he lives. <laughs> and he goes, Master Chen, look, I got it. It's it's the Phoenix mirror. Which I also want to say, these fucking things are not mirrors. They are like stone medallions with like little itty bitty gems in the mirror. So unless the gem is being considered a mirror, this a mirror it isn't. I, either the glass fell out or it's one of those like really old mirrors where you had to put water in it first. Like I, I'm not oh, sure. So much work. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> but while he is showing Master Chen that he has received the Phoenix uh, mirror, this is when Master Chen is like, it's made of phantom river water or phantom dragon, fra- phantom, phantom river stone. River stone. Phantom river stone, whatever the fuck that is. Like <laughs> just dropping that bomb there. And then like while they're talking about it in their warehouse suite, Gollum, Gollum climb, shows up. he just climbs through a fucking window and he's like, it's mine. And he jumps down with his super speed, snatches it out of, master chen's hands and then just leaps back up onto like a crane like a box like like a like a like a workman's uh uh, uh platform that can be raised and lowered and moved via crane within this warehouse right and everyone so like master chen master chen's son real like, like oh and they like don't know what to do and master chen's son like runs up the staircase up to like the upper level where where Gollum is and he's like rio push the button and Rio's like oh and he sees a panel on the wall and he runs over to push the button and Gollum does fucking nothing with his super speed while all this happens and he Rio sits push- there on the crane holding the mirror just like yeah. waiting for things just, to happen just gloating like <laughs> <laughs> and then Rio pushes the button and all it does is move this super slow fucking gurney the you know uh uh what do you call that? Like a like ski lift looking thing over sure. a little bit, and it like teeters him. He's like, oh, and then just and he drops, drops the, the mirror. mirror. It's like straight out of like a like a vaudeville comedy routine. Yes, where they like quick push the button, and yeah. then like shakes the thing, and he drops it, and it's like I'll get you next time, and he like yeah. hops through a window, and and then bastard shit unveils the unfortunate truth uh, to Rio. To Rio. Uh, He's like, Rio, I know you haven't finished school, so this th- these kinds of concepts are tough for you, but I can't afford plane tickets. <laughs> They're very expensive. <laughs> and then, we then get an extended scene of Rio at a travel agency with the shittiest travel agent... <laughs> In the world, we, we where, should say at this point uh, we've we've glossed over the fact that Rio wants to go to Hong Kong because that's where he can find the man who's killed his father. Yeah, Lon um, D like resides in in Hong Kong, um, right. which is funny 
because while he resides in Hong Kong for the vast majority of this game, while Rio is running around and doing bullshit, Lon D is still in fucking Japan. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's trying so hard to afford this ticket, and then like at the end of the game is like, oh, he's still here. <laughs> he was, oh, he was here the whole time. Um, huh. Uh yeah, um, but he goes to this yes, travel agency. This, this incredible scene of just like I don't know three or four times going, excuse me, and it's the same line read every time. Excuse me, and then this woman just being like, "Fucking wait, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm reading my stories," and she just yeah. has a magazine in her lap and is just reading it. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm busy. I will be with you in a moment, which I don't like. I want I mean, to see the script just because I need. I could. I could bet money. This is just woman who is busy reading her magazine. <laughs> like no other point to this character other than for you to have to basically press A on her a bunch of times. Like I assume that's the whole puzzle in the game just to be obtuse was like you're going to press A on her once or twice, see that she's not responding and be like, "Oh, I guess I got to go like do a favor for her or something." Spend fuck God knows how much time searching for that and then realizing, oh, you just had to ask her a bunch. Yeah. And then she That's tells you that airline air, air, plane tickets are fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't afford one. <laughs> it's, it's also really funny because she's he's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. What? I need a ticket to Hong Kong. Okay, there's the pamphlet. And he looks over <laughs> and it's like 165,000 yen. Um which is which like, like $23. I don't, it's like $1,500. Okay. Yeah. Um, Actually, he's probably like, closer to 12 or 13, like you said. But yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I can't afford that. You don't have a cheaper one? And she's like, all right, here's this one. But this is the cheapest one we have. And she slaps like another pamphlet down on the counter. And it's like 140 something thousand dollars. He's like, $148,000? You don't have a cheaper one? She literally just said that's the cheapest one they got. Like <laughs> Rio man, that the effects of not going to school <laughs> yeah. are, are apparent <laughs> <laughs> reverberating through this child's mind. Yeah, I, <laughs> um he is 18, he looks 30, but he's got the mind of a 5-year-old. <laughs> Which uh, you only learn that he's 18 in this in this movie when he picks up the the phoenix mirror from the antique shop after it's been polished and he uh or not the, not not the not the mirror he gets the 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 macguffin to get the, the macguffin token. he gets the, yeah. the yeah the stone medallion and the guy the antique owner says to him uh this uh people of the what's his last name um uh hazuki is like people of the hazuki clan like this is passed down to each you know a male when they turn 18 and i'm like oh oh i was way off the mark in terms of <laughs> aging this guy uh yeah. okay um, um we get a bus montage where he goes to the warehouse district um which is the game map that is nothing but warehouses uh he finds a funny dancing guy who's <laughs> a greaser with a greaser. pompadour Right, who's just like, hey, you want a job? And Rio's like, yeah, I need money for vengeance reasons. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? Um, and he's like, we'll come back tonight and we'll teach you how to use a forklift. And he meets Afro Forkliftman, uh, who is my new favorite character in anything. Because mm -hmm. he's just, he's great, you know? I, I will say, 
absolutely falls under the unfortunate trope of just like the wise old black man, uh, but only barely. And all, all, he's only in the movie for like 10 seconds. Well, he's, in, he's in this scene and then he's in another scene and then he's where someone beat up. And that was the thing I mentioned earlier about like, yeah, this is this is Rio's friend. He teaches oh, yes. him how to how to drive a forklift. Yeah. Watch um, out, Nozomi. Got a new <laughs> girlfriend competitor. Right. Uh, and he's just so chill. He's just so nice. After all of his all of his line reads are just like quiet, sage, like, yeah, man. You'll learn how to drive a forklift. It's easy. Yeah. It's great. Um, I do like when the bullies <laughs> kick his bento box into the harbor. <laughs> he's, he's just like, sitting what there. The hell, man? <laughs> it's like, ah, my lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, and then like after that, there's a bit where his boss like asks him to forklift him into a warehouse. Was that his boss? I thought that was one of the goons. Cause like, no, this, it this... was like, it, cause he was like, do it or you're fired. No, that's not the same guy. That's not the same guy. Okay, I, all right. I think I think that was that was a superior, but Who it was, was not. like forklift this guy around or you're fired. Right, which was so <laughs> stupid. Like the the the, <laughs> the shipping industry of Japan is apparently rife with corruption and <laughs> gangs and goons and, and bosses who want you to use equipment as personal taxis, which I think <laughs> is an OSHA violation yeah, exactly. or whatever the Japanese OSHA yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's just called that. It's just called Japanese OSHA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like he, within the course of working the shop, which, let's be clear, he, Rio gets a job as a dock worker because, A, he beat up some sailors at one point during the course of the movies, uh, during the course of the movie, and figures, hey, that's a good profession to have, working on the docks, and thinks that via working on the docks, he is going to save up enough money within a uh quick enough amount of time to afford a plane ticket or ship ticket it might i'm I'm not exactly clear on the transportation he's not factoring in his his capsule toy and beer budget into (laughs) it at all and it's like (laughs) he's gonna blow half that first paycheck on just capsule toys like rio Uh, you you don't understand money man (laughs) yeah and then also he's 18 so can you even employ 18 year olds as well i guess you can because i guess they're adults i guess so yeah um and uh but this this doc uh is there there is a gang that's running a protection racket <laughs> within the docks <laughs> sure. like he's he's literally trying to drop off his first crate off his forklift and he drives to the first forklift and gets accosted by these three guys that are part of what are they called the mad angels uh, oh god right i forgot they had a name and the mad angels are like you gotta pay up you know it's you gotta pay for your insurance and it's like what insurance and they never clarify that <laughs> it's like a protection racket or like maybe they're maybe they're just part of the union it's like hey everyone's got to pay in you gotta pay your union dues everyone sure. gets insurance you just got to do this and instead of having a reasonable conversation for, for with his union reps he decides to pummel them all into fucking right the pudding uh <laughs> ryu is not good at smarts but he is good at karate yeah um that much my, is for sure i let my fist do the talking uh um, he um at this point like like I'll, I'll just breeze through the next few things but it is uh he one of the guys is like we're gonna come after your friends and family now after he beats them up which is smart after you've just been beaten up 
um, to, to further threaten the guy who just kicked your ass. Uh, Rio has a motorcycle now. Um, there's a motorcycle montage to go with it. <laughs> uh-huh. I was thinking, Rio, why didn't you just sell the motorcycle? You can't take it with you to Hong Kong. But uh, <laughs> sure. Um, he goes to this, I don't know, it looks like a junkyard-esque area, but I think it's still in like the warehouse district. Yeah, just a different part of the warehouse. My my landmarks for the warehouse were what the numbers of the warehouses were, because obviously mm-hmm. Master Chen lives in eight, mm-hmm. and then you have, you at the very least, see like one, two, one and two at different points and i think there's like a 14 at some point i think this takes place sure. during 14 but this right. but, he, but they he have goes... like a like a garbage fire going and oh okay yeah and like spingles there um and uh he's talking to like some gang leader who is maybe the most unfortunate stereotype in this whole thing uh they release his girlfriend on the grounds that he like doesn't pursue um or no, he, he no, like no. doesn't beat them up ever again. This is this is this is how it works. Yeah, so they kidnap Nazumi, and they they're like, "Hey, Rio, come to the docks. We got your girl." And then yes, motorcycle montage. He shows up. I don't know if Gollum was there or not. You might be right, but I I might have forgotten that he is because I this is exactly where I put the note. Like you know, what is the super jump sound effect on perfectly lame <laughs> jumps from from Spiegel <laughs> about? Like <laughs> fair uh, enough. Um, but he instead beats up a couple more goons from I assume the, the Mad Angels. Meets their leader Terry, who is like, you know, surrounded by like leather daddies from like whatever local uh gay club there is because they're wearing like motorcycle hats and jackets and then have like so unfortunate not (laughs) assless chaps but the very but leather chaps for sure right um and he is like hey i'm gonna we'll release your girl on one condition you gotta go take out uh master chen's kid which is uh guzong uh, that is actually so they're like you, you got to stop beating us up you got to start pursuing something and then he turns around and he's like can you tell me how to get uh uh lay lay uh, what's the bad guy uh uh Londi Londi and they're like all right we'll tell yeah. you how to do that if well, you beat up Quan G- yeah um yeah. I keep wanting to call him Quan Chi which is not his name <laughs> yes uh Guandi. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Gua- uh, Guizong. Oh, God. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, these are going to really trip me up. I, I have to point out that Nozomi's one interesting character trait of she hates that her boyfriend is a violent person um, is exists in like a quantum state because she spends <laughs> like this entire scene kind of like... Uh, like, like, oh, no, you can't do that, Rio. You can't accept that offer. You can't beat people up. That's not a good thing to do. And then Rio's like, okay, I'll do it. And, you know, like, <laughs> and yeah, then later. Be, don't beat people up, but thank you for being people up to come rescue me. Right. And, and then, like, later on the motorcycle or something, she's like, thanks for rescuing me. And and he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm still gonna beat people up. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my heart also, still don't belongs. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> my heart still belongs to karate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she's just like, okay. <laughs> um, and then I, at somewhere in this, we get another scene where she's like about to move back to Canada, and Rio's only emotion for the whole thing is like, yeah, okay, <laughs> have a good trip, <laughs> like. <laughs> And 
She's like, I'm giving you this amulet. I prayed for it to keep you safe. And he's like, have fun in Canada. <laughs> Do they have karate in Canada? <laughs> but yeah, it's so weird that they kidnap her just to let her go. To be like, look what we could do. Right. We could kidnap your girl at any second. Also, oh, because they can they control like the shipping lanes to Hong Kong. So right. like he, they're gonna give him fare to like ride a, a sh- uh, like cargo ship to oh, okay to Hong Kong in exchange of him. I don't think he's up. just go- gonna uh, beat him uh, up. I think he's straight gonna kill him. I think is the. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, I would. I would assume. Because, because no, apparently, I think you are right. You, you're, yeah. Because um, apparently, Master Chen is like, is at war with Terry and the Mad Angels for like, a, it's like a turf war or something, and he wants a power vacuum to happen. Master um, Chen is the leader, the ringleader behind all of this. Yeah, he's pulling the strings. But <laughs> so this get, comes to a scene where uh, Guizhong again is. We're back at the fucking warehouse district. Like nothing has changed. <laughs> just like they've taken some models of of the enemy characters and just dragged them out of the scene, and then right. dra- dragged Kuizong into in in here. And, and Rio's um, like, "I want to fight you," and he's like, yeah. "What?" And he's yeah. like, "Get ready!" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "We're gonna fight!" <laughs> and then they start fighting, and then while they're fighting, Rio is like, "You gotta take a dive. You gotta you gotta you gotta play possum because I need to get to Hong Kong to defeat." Landi and like just catching Guizong up to everything in the middle of this fist fight. And then while they're fighting, uh, they like do the fucking uh, stepbrothers thing where they like hit each other at the same time and knock each other over. And they're both like <laughs> splayed out on the ground. And yeah. then Terry walks out and is like, now's my chance to strike. And he pulls out a fucking like, like street pole. That is like, like a lead come, pipe. Yeah, like but yeah. it's like got cement at the end of it. And he just like hoists it up and like is gonna slam it into the ground to try to take them both out because they're laying next to each other. So instead of fighting each other, they like joined forces, even though they're friends to begin with. Which is so where we like, get the phrase killing two karate men with one stone. Exactly. And uh, then they uh they they take out all the goons and they defeat there's Terry. There's goons, they fight together, it's a wholesome brotherly camaraderie scene, and then uh Terry's about to beat up on 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 a Rio's friend. Rio grabs the pipe out of his hand in what looks like a, a, a altercation in which Terry puts up zero fight. Um just like just kind of like grabs it with one hand while Terry's holding it with two and Terry, instead of like, I don't know, letting go with one hand and punching, uh, Rio. Cause this goes on for like way too long that Rio just like holds it and then just like gingerly slips it out of his hand. And it's like, now you got to fight fair. Um, Terry doesn't still, he like throws sand in, in Guidon's face, but pocket <laughs> sand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then they beat up Terry. Um, and then Terry reveals that uh, bad guy's been there the whole time. Uh, and, and, then, and then we get a cut to him, uh, a cut to Lon D driving away on a motorboat mm-hmm. <laughs> across the Sea of Japan, I guess. Or wait, is the Sea of Japan on the west side of Japan? I always get that mixed up. He's driving know. back to Hong Kong, which let's discuss the logic of this. Yokozuka 
is to the south of Tokyo, and it's on the eastern coast of Japan, which if he is to drive via boat to China, he has to go around most of the length of Japan to get <laughs> to China. And let me tell you, on a motorboat gas tank, that's not happening. <laughs> Probably not getting there. I mean, he could make pit stops, I suppose, but that's I quite guess. the road trip or, or water trip, whatever boats yeah. call it. I mean, I guess he could drive north and drive between like the northern end and Hokkaido. Is that the island? I if if it's Tokyo, if you're saying it's like below Tokyo, then it would be easier for him to go around south. But that is beside the point. Yeah, we're uh, not geographers. Yeah, <laughs> as, as as easily demonstrated multiple times through this and other episodes. <laughs> uh, there's, I guess. They're, they're like trying to get on the boat um and then there's another fight well this this I, is later right okay so they defeat I, I sort of lost track between here and and i forget if there's anything in between this and like when they fight smeagol for the last time no i mean that's basically it that's the big uh there's there's a really good flashback that i want to kind of discuss but we can talk about that after the conclusion of the film uh, sure. well, no, you know what i'll talk about it now. um there's a really good flashback uh that uh rio has actually before he he goes to fight guizong where he's meditating in the dojo and it flashbacks to him having a conversation with his father and it's young rio he's probably like middle school age or something and he's bowed behind his father his father's uh looking at the wall and he's like rio why did you fight those kids at school like i thought they were your friends and rio and his uh standard use phrase is like yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I type this, I type these lines down verbatim because they are so fucking buck wild. All right. <laughs> yeah. In this flashback, his father goes, well, a friend is a friend just as a parent is a parent. A friend is nothing other than a friend. Listen, Rio, parents often die before their children. To which Rio goes, oh, that is the law of nature. Friends will be there even after their uh, friends will be there for you even after parents die. What the fuck? So treasure your friends, and friends you can trust are true friends indeed. Understood. And then, and then he disappears in the clouds. And, yeah, and that's and, before Rio goes off to fight uh, Guizong. So I assume that's Rio committing to not murdering this guy he only barely knows because i guess he considers him his friend rio's like just this once i won't knock this guy out just because i can <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and and then like yeah it's this whole bit where like I, I guess now master chin suddenly is like oh turns out i can't afford a plane ticket uh in no fact, he's getting on a boat he's getting on a boat okay and he's yeah. like uh yeah and you're gonna they, take they are, my son with you they are back in the warehouse again <laughs> And they have, it's Master Chen, yeah, Guizong, and Ryo, and they're going to yeah. board, like, this fucking steam trawler thing. Like, it looks like a like a shipping vessel. I mean, it looks like a fishing, like a giant fishing boat or something. Sure. That'll get you there. And, sure, I and, guess. And, like, he's like, and take Guizong with you, because you need a partner. I don't want you doing this alone, which yeah. is fair. Ryo has shown himself to be incompetent in anything above <laughs> kicking ass. Yeah. Um, and, and remember, friends you can trust are true friends indeed. Friends indeed. <laughs> and then Gollum shows up, and he's like, "I, I, I kind of these events are a blur." But he does something awful to to Guizong, and he like, drops a steel girder 
from yeah, a like crane. Yeah, like a fucking I-beam, right? Yeah. Yeah, like right on top of him, and... Uh, and well, it misses okay, them. He tries it to drop them. it on top of Rio, and, and Guizong like pushes Rio out of the way to take the hit. And then Rio fights... Well, to be Gollum. fair, it doesn't it doesn't like come down on him like straight down because that would absolutely murder him. It hits the ground and then yeah, Grizong has pushed Rio out of the way and pushed his dad out of the way and they've all kind of fallen over and then the I beam tips teeters and falls onto Guizong's legs, injuring him. But like right. not not like that fucking scene in Hot Fuzz where it's like a the like stone pediment just falling on a guy's head and completely smashing it. Yeah, uh, it's a good scene by the way. Um, and then he like. Uh, defeats Smeagol by pushing him in some water, which apparently dissolves him. Because um, he's just like... He never... He, just, he, he never, falls under the surface of the water and is never seen again. He never resurfaces. It's like, is that guy dead? Did this 18-year-old just commit murder? Like, I mean, to be fair, this this man was clearly like uh, not well. So society, well, that's will that's not, not a good. Care. That's okay. it's an unfortunate okay. truth, but it is that's true. That, okay, that's your argument. I was I was getting really concerned. I thought you were gonna say like this guy's unwell. Therefore, it's fine for Ryu to have murdered him. No, it's just that the cops won't investigate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, cops were like, "Who died? Oh, that weird like Spiegel kid. No, that, that weird Lord of the Rings fanboy." No one cares about him. <laughs> um, Why do you keep calling him Spiegel, by the way? He is clearly post-ring post, post ring possession, post-ring corruption Gollum. Well, they're they're like both the same person, right? Sure. So like, but I mean... I, in my head, they're interchangeable. Um, fair enough. Fair and, enough. And I'm yeah. used to calling him Smeagol, much like I am used to calling them GIFs, and you're used to calling them GIFs, I guess. Like, <sighs> uh, yeah, it's just a different pronunciation, Gollum yeah, Smeagol. It's, it like, it's, it's just how where you put the stress at. Tomato, tomato, Smeagol, Gollum. Uh, yeah. This is... Also, uh, uh, but but t- in, within the context of the game, this is the final boss. Right. Uh, which the movie always handles these fights very, very, very competently to speed things along. Um, so I assume it must be harder when you're playing it for real. But, I mean, this... In the movie, Ryu, like, dispatches him with extremely little trouble. Um... Which which is great for the stakes of a of a movie, right? The pacing, the feel, yeah. um, feeling like your your hero has has overcome many challenges. Yeah, there's absolutely no challenge involved. Uh, in this you always want your scenario. big bad. You, you always want your big bad to be introduced nearly halfway through the movie in a very unceremonious way, and then be dispatched in a a similar unceremonious way. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah. And, and then um. I guess the big bad it was was the the Chinese Lee Lee um, Londi Londi. Thank you. Um, so maybe Smeagol was more of a of a high grade henchman, but even so, sure. Even so, um, if you judge this on the merits of it being a movie, it's not great, but it's absolutely hysterical. If you judge this on the merits of it being a series of video game cutscenes. Still pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, I would I also argue one. equally as bad, though. Yes. Uh, I got to give this one two thumbs up uh, for the most part. I, oh, but we're not entirely done because there is after this what is basically a trailer for Shenmue 2. Oh, my God. Well, first we get the <laughs> lady on the mountaintop narrating like the prophecy, right? You, you have like yeah. this young girl who shows up at certain points in like uh, like 
um, dr- dream visions, vision quests uh, of Rio. Like Rio has a dream about this like uh, younger younger girl, um, and then he wakes up from the dream and goes, oh, "A dream." Yeah, and it's like yes, Rio. That's what you had. It was very good, very good. Um, and yes, she kind of narrates this long thing, which I did not bother to transcribe this, but it's basically like ah. And then now our hero he sets forth on his destiny, his fate. He's, he's to fight great evil and blah 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 blah. And there's like this big evil. swoopy. There's like a like a fucking eagle or owl motif. It's like a you know flying mm-hmm. predator bird that like the camera hawk. tracks with. Yeah, yeah, and. You know these sweeping vistas in mainland China, and then it and it pans up this cam or pans up this mountain, and like finds her standing on the top of the mountain, which she it, looks directly at the camera for like way too long. <laughs> and she goes, and thus our saga begins, and just like just hard turn towards the camera and looks she dead in the eyes, and I'm like, whoa, that's intense. Both the fact that you said this is just the fucking beginning. <laughs> And that you're mean mugging me. Yeah. Like her stare is going right through you and it hurts. And also it's like 20 seconds long. And I think the keying on that turn is just a little too fast. So it's like uncanny. She like snaps to you. Yeah. Terrifying. Maybe Um, intentional to give it more of that mythological flavor. Because now I feel like between her and her being in Rio's dream and the force push and the, the, the magical mirrors, there's definitely some mysticism happening. It's just, Perhaps. what does it, what does it ultimately mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Is, uh, and then you mentioned the after credit scene. <laughs> yes. Um, they have like little interstitials. They have like the fucking, you know, remember how Pixar movies used to do like bloopers, like fake bloopers. Cause like, anime movies don't have bloopers because there's no the one to there are no actors to actually film but they would like show like tw- you know woody and buzz doing stupid shit uh they have like that where it's not <laughs> bloopers but it's just like like a picture in picture with the credit scroll on the side and then like scenes and i was like i was watching this and thinking wow were they already making the second game when they were wrapping up the first game before i realized oh fuck right this was a a package tie-in with the second game so the second game was already nearly complete if not completely complete uh by the time they they were wrapping up putting this thing together uh yeah and and you mentioned it being on the ps2 i also distinctly remember it also releasing on the dreamcast oh you might be Uh, right the second yeah I, I think the DVD version, though, might have specifically... The movie might have specifically come with the PS2 version. But I might be wrong right. on that. I, I remember seeing some blurb somewhere about that. Yeah. And it's then they a... Do, Go ahead. And then they do fucking, like, the Doctor Strange trailer at the end of No Way Home. They play <laughs> just a trailer for Shenmue 2 at the end of this movie. God, that was the lamest after credits yet. I mean... <laughs> Happy yeah, to see it doesn't, bits it doesn't of the make new me Strange. excited for Shenmue two at all. I happy to see bits of of Doctor Strange, but it was sort of weirdo. Like it was like this is just the trailer. <laughs> I was yeah, going to well. see this on YouTube in a few weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that that is the Shen movie. Uh, it is certainly a Shen movie. 
Um, I didn't even get a chance to touch on the Rastafarian Japanese man whose oh, mean... accent comes in and out at random. <laughs> oh, you mean my favorite character, Tom Johnson, which is his canonical game, according to the wiki. No way. Yes. <laughs> the fact that this game calls its main characters Ryo and Nazumi and then like goes around and there's like this bit where... You know, it's like, oh, you want to hear more about the Chinese mafia? And you, you need to find Charlie. And Rio's like, okay, I'll go find Charlie. And then he just goes and finds Charlie, I guess, because there's only one Charlie in all of Japan. <laughs> like, it's that yeah. happens way too often. Fucking Terry. Like, when Terry came up, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bold of uh, a martial arts focused game to name one of its primary characters, Terry. On the heels yeah. of that already being a thing in another prominent fighting game. Right. Uh, this is, man, it's a magical experience, frankly. I, it's... I, I want to bring this up at like future bad movie parties and just be like, guys, you have to see the Shen movie. <laughs> it's... Well, it's, it's interesting because like there is so much wild dialogue where it's just like, you know, it, Rio does the thing where someone will say something to him. And he will repeat it back as a question. So it's like the Chinese mafia, the Chinese mafia, right? Yeah. The Phoenix mirror, the Phoenix mirror, Landi, uh, Landi. Rio's never heard of a Phoenix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, not surprising, I guess. <laughs> Several people have to explain what that is to him, so uh, I guess it works out. But yeah, um, it's you. You said this was a fun time. There are stretches of this where I were I was really struggling, where I was just yeah. like it's not perfect <laughs> like there there are wacky parts to be sure i don't know if it's worth the price of admission the price being having to spend 90 minutes of your life focused in on this correct um, but i was never going to experience shenmue in any other way right because every time right. i see footage of the game i'm just like what the fuck is this like what yeah. bored out of my goddamn mind right it's, it's a guy <laughs> it's- just kind of like meandering around his dojo house and like looking at his watch or looking at his journal, or driving a forklift. Like, that's the most you see. Like, right? Because that's 90% of the game. And then the other 10% is everything that's in this movie. And that's why the fucking fan-made edit HD, you know, the 1.05 You Must Not Persist Shenmue movie is, <laughs> is five hours long. Because some insane person, some Shenmue head is like, they didn't even include the important stuff. I got to put all that back in. And that's why it has the runtime it has. Um, so, this yeah. Is, I this do is not, a world of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I do not recommend this movie personally <laughs> because I think in, in, the, in the pantheon of movies that we have watched for this podcast, I think you'll find better uh bad movies better so bad it's good movies than this one um and and granted i have not seen the amount of movies that you have for this podcast but out of all the ones i've seen i think this is a grand time (laughs) i mean from from like the moment it starts and the dialogue like isn't syncing up and like their 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 movements are awkward and, and kind of stiff here and there and and then like within five minutes you get Rastafari and Japanese man and it just like it just rockets from there. Yeah. Um, um I mean you see him like in the first like kind of establishing shot because it like 
does like a cityscape pan over and he was just like dancing in the street because apparently uh he he likes to dance to attract people over to his hot dog stand right in, a, in an attempt to sell more hot dogs it's it's something about the breakneck pace in a story that was not meant to be told at a breakneck pace. Yeah, that really adds an extra something to this. A certain je ne sais quoi. Sure. Uh, that I I don't know. I I, I had a grin on my face the whole damn time. <laughs> uh, I will say I am curious about checking out that anime. I think it's only gonna be like thirteen episodes long or something. But it would be oh. it would be nice to see. Because there is, there's something, I don't know, I feel like there's something here, interest, you know, there's some, there's something there. There's a kernel of a good idea in this. It's just presented in the worst possible way. Sure. Um, and I would love to see that massaged and kind of given a little bit more kind of care uh, than it's given here. And apparently the anime is like uh, Shenmue 1 and 2. So it spans both those games, both those games. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, check that out on Crunchyroll. This episode of Attract Mode brought to you by Crunchyroll. <laughs> uh, not really. That was a joke. We might get sued. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we did not beat our goal of keeping no. this under an hour. but No, but we got uh, close. We got close. We're doing better. We will figure yeah. this out. We will. <laughs> um, Promise. Al- Alex, do you want to hear what's coming up next? What is coming up next? Well, let me tell you. I found some more uh, movies from the old backlog that we missed uh, that I'm sure Nick will love, uh, but I'm not going to tell him. I should be like, Nick, put these in front of him. Watch these. Yeah, these were on the list the whole time. They're out of order because I was intentional. But uh, have you heard of, might butcher this pronunciation, Sakura Wars? I have not. Okay. I think it's, I think they're visual novels. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. We got some. Oh, boy. What are you getting into? Oh, no. Is it is it more risque than I thought it was? I don't know if it's risque. I, uh, um, so there's like, it's cross genre. So there's like some 3D action adventure ones. There's some visual novel ones. Uh. Oh, look, it's about the Great Demon War. Um, oh, it's by fair part of history. Rio yeah. doesn't know about the Great Demon War because, obviously, <laughs> he doesn't go to school. Right, yeah. Um, he only knows karate yeah. and forklift driving. <laughs> <laughs> the two skills you need. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's a there's a suite of Sakura War movies slash OVAs. Uh, uh, missed a couple. Um, so we're going to go back and watch those. Uh, oh, the, there's, more, there's recent ones. Yes, there's there's oh, there's a couple. Lord. I think I think the recent <laughs> ones did not come stateside, so I think we might skip those. But uh, uh, the first one we'll be watching is Sakura Wars: colon, The Gorgeous Blooming Cherry Blossoms, which is uh, I think like a three or four part OVA uh, coming out from 1998, and I'm sure Nick will love it. So look forward to that next time on Attract Mode. <laughs>